the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word on this Memorial Day. It's a special that we are able to do with you. And uh, it is a pre-recorded program, and uh, but we think it's very, very special and hope you'll enjoy it. And if you do, tell others about it. Matter of fact, tell others about this program and tell them they can go to AFR.net and look up podcast, and they can listen to the Exploring Words programs for years back, but not just ours, but others as well on this great, great network. Well, Alex, Memorial Day is a great day. Uh, it, let me see. Memorial comes from memory, doesn't it? It really does, and it is a great day. And, uh, you know, it's one of those holidays that I'm just proud to uh, be an American about. I mean, uh, it's sad how many people have had to give their lives to guard our freedom and purchase and preserve our liberty. But we thank God for all of the, the people that have been willing to give their life in the service, pay the ultimate price for this free nation. One of the things that I've loved to do, I'm from Northeast Mississippi, and I've read about three different, uh, you know, biographies of men uh, who went off to fight and they came back and to tell their story, but they also tell the story of those that stayed home uh, doing the work here, the rationing that was going on here in America, the the workforce that had to change because of it, and just so many things. But uh, today, we want to just not remember our great American soldiers that have given their lives and given their service to, to a great, great country. But we decided that we'd go into the Bible and look at some of the great soldiers in the Bible. Now, Alex, I, I'm just tell you, two of my favorite. Uh, one I miss my favorite is Joshua and Caleb. Now I'm a Caleb fan, and I I do that. I oh, yeah. he is one of my favorite characters in all the Bible. But I, I you remember they're part of the twelve spies that God told Moses to send into the land, one from each tribe. Now here's the Bible question, and I warned you I was going to ask you a very, very difficult Bible question. Can you name one? of the 10 spies that gave a minority report. Can you name one of them off the top of your head? I don't think I can. Uh, (laughs) I I have to confess ignorance that I know we know Joshua and Caleb that gave the good report that we can do this, but... um, and I know they're mentioned, but I have to tell you, I can't call their names. I cannot either. I had to read, and uh, I have asked that uh, in many churches, and I have as yet to get an answer for that. I mean, now, let me ask you this. Uh, would you rather be a part of the majority that is forgotten or a part of the minority that is remembered for they were following God? Uh, well, you know, in a way, I, th- I was going to say this, Bert. I think it's it's not... Um, accidental that they are kind of forgotten. Although the Word of God does give their names, nobody really remembers them because they were the naysayers. They were the doubters. And and let me just say, we all have something that we need to be a good steward of, and that's our influence. Because, you know, the 10 spies that doubted and they, you know, said, oh, we're just grasshoppers in the eyes of all the, the people of the land. The, the 10 naysayers 
in a way, because they had such a negative influence on the other people. I mean, Bert, is it fair to say that they're worth forgetting, aren't they? They are. And matter of fact, if I've, I've checked it out and I've checked with other authorities, they're not mentioned again. Their name is not brought up again. They're mentioned this time and that's it. Whereas Joshua and Caleb, they're remembered, especially Joshua, is remembered again and again and again. And you'll find this story in the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14. Uh, and and the, this is the beginning of it. And you know, Joshua had served under Moses. Moses was a great leader, but Joshua would become a leader and a warrior. Now, that's a pretty good combination. You, you know what I mean? A warrior and a leader. I know some people that were great warriors, and I know some men that were great leaders. But when you can combine those two attributes, uh, let me say, I think it kind of like the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, he was uh, he he was the lion and the lamb, if you want to put it that way. And and so here's Joshua and Caleb, especially Joshua, being a great courageous warrior, but also a great leader. That that is some combination, isn't it? Well, it really is. And, you know, each one of us in a similar way, although we're not, you know, spying out the promised land, but we've we've got a call on each of our lives to be courageous for Christ and stand up for truth. And, you know, Bert, studies have been shown uh, when I was studying psychology in graduate school, they they did, you know, observations. They'd put people in a room and they'd get one or two people to say something that they knew wasn't true. Like, you know, there's red marbles in a bowl and people would say, no, they don't look red. They look some other color. And it's funny how when people have the minority report, very often human nature can be, not always, that people will cave in and go along with the crowd. And let, let me just say this, that we Christians, we are called to stand for the truth, humbly but consistently stand for the truth, even if we're the only one in the room speaking truth. And Bert, we, you and I could do a whole show on the truths, the realities that are under attack right now. It's been said that our nation is in a crisis of truth, but we are to stand for what is right, what is biblical, what is true, even if we think we're in the minority, because chances are some of the people that are going along to get along, deep in their heart, they know what's true and false, but very often for lack of courage or lack of conviction, people just cave in, and it, it can take, just like in the case of Joshua and Caleb, just one or two to boldly, courageously stand for what is right, and it'll have a good influence on the the watching crowd. And of course, you know, so much in not only the Word of God, but history itself talks about the bold truth tellers. And Bert, we, we've got to be committed to truth, even if we think we're in the minority. Exactly right. And and these spies, they were given instructions, specific instructions to go into the land, to check it out, bring back some of the fruit of the land. But you were talking about being strong and courageous. Guess what God told them? And Moses carried it out. And again, this is Numbers 13, 20. Find out whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring back some fruit. Be of good courage. I, I just want to share with you, truth and courage should be 
parallel with one another. When we know truth, it should give us courage that we're standing on truth. We're standing on that firm foundation. Now, these men went up, and they were to spy out the land, and they were gone for 40 days. Uh, 40 days is significant in the Bible, yes, and here it is again. So they had completed their task, and they came back from spying out the land, and they showed them the fruit, and they said, it's a land that truly flows with milk and honey. This is the fruit. Now, let me share with you all 12 spies said those things. They all agreed. And it says, nevertheless, there's giants in the land. And, and it's a strong land. And there's, there's people there, the, the, the Amalekites, the, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Am- all the ites that were there. And they were kind of getting excited. And I love what chapter 13, verse 30 says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overtake it. Now, this is Caleb. Now, I want to say this and see if you agree or not. It seems like although Joshua was the leader, uh, he was named first and you could tell he was an understudy of Moses and he would be appointed. But here it seems like Caleb is taking the initiative about saying, this is what we need to do. Let us go up when at once. Mm. Caleb knew delay would cause doubt. And he yes. said, we yes. got to go up now. Um, that's pretty courageous. And, and that he's right on with the truth with that, isn't he? Well, amen, amen. And I love this. I'm so glad we're talking about this right now because, you know, Bert, uh, our nation so desperately needs people that uh, they have a love for God and country and a willingness to share truth. And, you know, when Caleb, like you say from Numbers 1330, Caleb quieted the people, some translations will say silenced the people or stilled the people, but he quieted them down. There's something calming and reassuring about composure you know uh, he wasn't uh you know flying all apart but he says we should go up and take possession of the land we can certainly do it Bert every decision I've ever made out of fear I've come to regret and th- there have been some things that I you know to save money or what if you know what if this or that happens but I want to tell you even though I've had to walk by faith, Everything I've done in obedient faith, and it might seem intimidating, but obedient faith yields good results. The decisions I've made in fear, which have been very, very few, thank the Lord, but I've done a few things. But all the stuff I've ever done, uh, asking myself, what if, what if, I've come to regret. Now, those 10 spots, what if, you know, the, the people of the land overtake us? What if the Canaanites well, Bert, I fear sometimes that the, the work of the gospel doesn't go forth out of fear of what ifs. I, I'm afraid you're right. And that's why, uh, I mean, you've been talking about the characteristics of America. We, as followers of Christ, should not fall into that category. We we may be in the minority. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there go in. And few are the way that finds the narrow way that go in. To, and we have been 
the, the, a minority. Yes, we are, but we still stand on truth. We still speak the truth. But these 10 spies, they said, listen to these words. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we. I, I, Alex, uh, you just see a pathetic uh, anti-faith, anti-truth uh, doubting field men, we are not able. I agree mm. with we, but God is able. Matter of fact, isn't it true that God had already given them that land? All they had to do in was go and claim it. Now, claiming it might cost some some difficulty, might cost some some lives, but the land was theirs. And it's, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it's still theirs today, regardless of Amen. what people want to Amen. say today. And and he said, but they said, we're not able. They're stronger than we are. Doesn't, most of the time, doesn't the world always look stronger than, than we? Look at Jesus on the cross. He died on the cross. Oh, man. You remember the two on the road to Emmaus? You remember what they said? Yeah. We had hoped he was the one. Amen. You know? Amen. But listen, we're standing with God. That that makes a big difference, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I've got to say this, and I love the church. Goodness, I do. I'm in a different church almost every weekend. But, Bert, we in the church in America, the remnant, however many it might be, uh, people speculate how many, how many born-again Bible-believing Christians are there in America. I don't know. Some say 100 million. But it doesn't matter the number. It's not the size of the, the congregation. It's the size of their faith and obedience. We need some big, courageous faith nowadays. We do. And that's what Exploring the Word and AFR is all about. We want to, you to be built up in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to come back and we're going to look at Caleb and Joshua some more as they march on to victory. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. This is Exploring the Word, a very special day uh, in uh, in honor of Memorial Day, a special program, and Bert Harper and Alex McFarland are here. This is not a live show, so we can't take your calls today. It is a pre-recorded show, but we invite you to re-enjoy it and other great AFR programming on the website AFR.net. But, uh, Bert, um, we're doing two things today that I really love. For one thing, we're looking at some of the great figures in Scripture like Joshua and Caleb and Moses and others who we all love. You know, there, there are a lot of leaders you read about in Scripture, and we're going to talk about some of these. Um, but we're also talking about the United States of America. And I love this country. I really do. Um, and I love patriotism. You know, my dad and my granddad were all veterans, and I've been to a number of the veteran cemeteries around the country. And uh, it's inspiring to me because as an American, and yes, as a Christian, first and foremost, my primary loyalty is to the Lord, but I'm an American. And you know, that's a special identity to be an American citizen. And I hope everybody realizes that to be an American is a gift from God. I would agree with that. And with that gift comes responsibility. 
And for every believer, we're to be stewards. We've, we've been talking about that in the book of First uh, Corinthians that we have gone over. We're talking about we're to be servants and we're to be stewards and a manager of everything that God has given us. And God has given us a great country here in America. And as a citizen of this country, I'm to be a steward of everything that God has given me, not just in the area of redemption, but in the area of creation, in the area of society. Society. And so God has given us that responsibility, and we are to do it well. We're to do it with truth, and we're to do it in love. And so to speak the truth in love is not just talking about Scripture that, that every preacher and Sunday school teacher, group leader ought to do, but speaking the truth in love ought to be the way of every leader that's in the realm of government. Speak the truth and speak it in love and, and motivate people. And that's exactly what Caleb and, and Joshua would try to do in chapter 14. Listen to this. Uh, they've already said, we can't go up. And they said, let us select a leader and return to Egypt in verse 4. But listen to what Caleb and Joshua said. And, and it goes here in verses 6 and following. Uh, they rent their clothes. They tore their clothes. And they said, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Now, here's what they say. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. This is past tense. Their protection is already gone, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them." That was their admonition. This is Joshua speaking up, Caleb speaking up, and saying, we can't let fear, as you opened up with, Alex, in the first segment, we cannot make this decision on fear. We're making it on who God is and what he has given us. Uh, Alex, I still think we need to make decisions based on those things as well. Amen. Amen. And you, you know what? Uh, for one thing, Bert, I hope everybody listening is a part of a church. Uh, if you're a born-again believer, you're supposed to be a part of a church. And traveling as I do, I've been in a lot of churches that were pondering things like outreach programs or do we build a new building or, or add on to the building, you know, if it'll help you reach people for Christ. I've told this story, but I was in a church, well, Nags Head Baptist down on the coast, and I was a visiting preacher, and they were voting on the acquisition of a, a piece of land beside the the church. It was like an acre and a half or something. And this is 20 years ago, but this acre and a half was it was going to be like fifty or $60,000. And uh, clearly, they the, the sentiment was, let's not do it. Goodness, that's a lot of money. And so I sat there and I stood up and I said, forgive me if I'm out of order. I know I'm just a visiting speaker this weekend, but um, let me just say, uh, you can always raise money, but land, especially land adjacent to your property, uh, that just doesn't come along every day. And forgive me if I'm out of school here, but go for it. Believe God will provide. Do you know that's been 20 years ago, Bert, and every time I go back to that church, which is about every other year, they say, oh my goodness, thank you, because a decade later they wanted to build a new sanctuary, and had they not had that little sliver of land, they couldn't have built and gotten the permit they wanted. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm not 
a genius or anything. I just I thought you all were kind of on the tipping point, and I wanted to give a little word of encouragement. And it's been said, Bert, that the the biggest obstacle to any dream is fear of failure. So I I hope you're in a church. I hope you're using your gifts and abilities for the Great Commission. I hope your church is a church of big faith, believing God for big things. I hope the body of Christ in America, Bert, can believe God for a national revival. And maybe you're, you're an intercessor and you know how to pray. Or maybe you're a soul winner and you know how to share the gospel. Or maybe you are a, an influence and you can point others to the good. But like Joshua and Caleb, Bert, we could give a thousand applications here, but part of being a Christian is to be a person that understands we serve a miracle-working, giant-slaying, dead-raising, uh, mountain-moving God. Amen. Amen, Alex. Preach it, brother. And matter of fact, this is what Caleb and Joshua are getting at. And why would we spend time on this? It's because God has not changed. And God is still looking for that man, that woman, that teenager of great courage that will stand up and be and say what God would have them to say. Uh, and, And this is what takes place. The children of Israel in majority reject Caleb, reject Joshua, reject what Moses said, and they wanted their own way. And uh, let me tell you what takes place. Here's this in chapter 14 and and verse 18. Uh, Listen to what Moses would say. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiven inequity, transgression, but he by no means clears the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers that end the, on the children to the third and fourth generation. Now, what that means is when this generation makes this decision, it's going to affect generations after us. Uh, it's not like, okay, I'm going to condemn you because you were born to this generation, not this generation, but no, this some decisions Many, I would say most, Alex, decisions have an effect on the ultimate. And what one one generation does is look at the immediate. They only look at the immediate, and they get fearful. They get discouraged, and they go a different way. God wants us to look at him and look at the future through him. I am the one that is with you. I'm the one that has told you you can have this land. And it says in verse 19, pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven us, this people, from Egypt even until now. Here is Moses interceding. We're talking about, in a way, he was a soldier. Joshua and Caleb were more hands-on, but Moses was like a general, and he is leading them. Then the Lord said, listen to this, verse 20. Of, of chapter 14 of Numbers. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord because of these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and the wilderness and have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant, Caleb, I I love those words, Alex. Mm, I like that, too. He has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. 
fully. I'll bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Now, Alex, um, I get chill bumps. I honestly do reading my servant, Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him. We need the spirit of Caleb in our lives in 2022. You were talking about our country. You were talking about our churches. We need a different spirit in us, led by the spirit. Notice what it says. He followed me how? Partially? Incompletely? No, fully. Man, we mm. need to have a heart for God and follow him, don't we? Well, we really do. We we really do. And you know what? Uh, we've talked about it uh, quite a number of times. But shortly after this, you know, I was reading earlier in Numbers uh, 13 where God, you know, had told them that they could possess their promised land. Well, there's uh, this, the desert of Zin, Z-I-N, uh, but there's a place there called Kadesh Barnea. And uh, Bert, this... K-A-D-E-S, Kadesh Barnea, very, very significant spot because there is this debate that goes on there. Uh, Now, some people think that Kadesh Barnea means holy place, holy place of the desert. But here's the, the real fuller context, the holy place of desert wandering. Now, I remember when I heard this preached on for the first time and it dawned on me, uh, and of course, this is where the pastor was going, that there are in every every person's life a number of, shall we say, Kadesh Barneas. Imagine, cross the river, go across, trust God for his promises, possess the land. But what happened, even though there are two pretty famous occurrences of this, one, there was the people's unbelief, and they, they couldn't follow Joshua and Caleb and Moses And then there was another time in Numbers chapter 20 where the people were at Kadesh Barnea and they didn't have enough water at that moment and they grumbled and and kind of got mad at Moses. Both of these times it was unbelief, but whether it's unbelief and disobedience or whether it's ingratitude and a hard heart and disobedience, when life presents you with a Kadesh Barnea, for the Christian, I'm saying, we we have to go across, and there is blessing. Now, Bert, for some people, uh, being able to go and and forgive somebody and get right with somebody, that's a step of obedience. A kadesh barnea, you need to cross over. For others, it's to repent of a sin, and there's something in your life, and you know it's not right, it's it's not pleasing to God, and you need to step across into obedience and be set free from that thing. Or maybe it might be somebody listening, Bert, and it's a call to ministry and to use your gifts and abilities to serve God. Uh, But I think it's just brilliant how the Word of God has this occurrence at uh, Kadesh Barnea because in my life, and I think in the lives of people, families, churches, there are multiple, multiple Kadesh Barneas, where you're either going to trust God and obey, or you might set yourself up for some years of wandering around. That's exactly right. It is a time of decision. Uh, they were wanting to go back to Egypt, <laughs> where they were slaves. You know, that was their desire. They were so weak. And, 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 and for, for, go for, ahead. forgive me for interrupting, but see, here's the thing. Momentary decisions 
can have decades-long implications. That's it. That's it, Alex. And here it did. That's why that passage that I read in verse 18, your decision will will affect the third and fourth generation. They will be affected by this decision. For good or bad, they'll be affected by your decision. Right now, the decision America is making, we will affect the future. And we need to look past that and look to see what God would have us to do. Now, what will happen You ha- when they go in and fight the battle? I'm getting ahead a little bit. Uh, they were to tear down, but they were to build up. They were to tear down some and let others stand. And, and this reminds me of the when we started with COVID-19 and our, the president then, uh, President Trump, made a wise and very wise statement. And he said, we don't need to let the cure be more harmful than the disease. And, mm-hmm. and so this is the whole idea here. Uh, they had some things to do, but they were, let fear, they didn't even enter into it. Now, one more thing I got to get in in chapter 14. And it's what's going to, what the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said about this evil congregation. And he says to them, verse 28, as, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have murmured against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, Except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter into the land that I swore I would make you dwell in. Alex, here's 20 years old and above, would wander for 40 years, and each morning everybody would get up and say, who's died last night? Uh, You know, the whole idea, that's what they were waiting for. They were waiting for a whole generation to die out before they could mm-hmm. move forward. I, I just want to say this, and, and you've done an awesome job of, of applying this to us today. Don't let your life be one of those that ha- that has to die before they can accomplish something great for the Lord. You know? Mm-hmm. Don't let that be a part of, don't let fear, bitterness, and anger. You gave a whole list earlier. Don't let these things cause you to make things have to wait and stop until you die. No, mm. be a part of what God is doing. Be a Caleb, be a Joshua, and say, the land is full. Yes, the enemy is strong. The The, the walls are tall, but guess what? They're nothing compared to our God. Alex, Mm. our God is greater, isn't he? Absolutely. Folks, you're listening to Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. We've got a brief break. Stay tuned on this Memorial Day. More inspirational truth and reality from God's Word when we come back. Don't go away. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. quieted the people before Moses and said, we must go up and take possession of the land 
for we can certainly do it. Some translations say we are well able to overcome. And friend, you you are too. Uh, Step one in life, obviously, to know Christ as your Savior. And if you've never trusted Jesus and been born again, uh, for sure, that's Bert and my message to you is open your heart to Jesus today. He's as close by as a prayer. But Bert, uh, I love... Daniel 11.32 that says the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. I mean, isn't that something that those of us, uh, if you're a born-again believer, look, it doesn't matter what the world says and what anybody thinks about what constitutes ability or power or value. Listen, you're a person in whom the Spirit of the living God dwells. You've got the truth of God's Word written in your mind and your heart. You can do things that count for eternity. Uh, Bert, uh, just like Joshua and Caleb, aren't we to be uh, just uh, pioneers and trailblazers and truth-tellers for the living God? We are, and we're, we're not to step back. We, we, you know, it talks about the man who puts his, his hand to the plow is not worthy of the kingdom of God. If he looks back, he can't help but think of Lot's wife looking back and longing for that life. And here's the children of Israel looking back and longing to go back into slavery. I mean, listen, what God has for us and what God has, it's not one that he says, oh, uh, it's it's going to be a bed of roses. No, he just gives us the victory. Alex, can I tell you something? There's no What's victory that? without a fight. Uh, that's true. And that's uh, what and they were wanting. They were wanting the victory without the fight. And God says, no, if we don't appreciate what God has given us by struggling to see him and to follow him, uh, we will value it very little, you know? Well, it's a bit of a cliche. I know there's no no pain, no gain. You know, there's there's no... Uh, prize without a price, and it's been said, this is not original with us, but the only place that uh, success comes before work is in the dictionary. And, you know, Bert, uh, what an adventure in life. Sure, to know the Lord and to know that whenever we leave this world, we'll go to heaven, but to get involved and do things, to uh, do things for the glory of God and the good of our country, you know? And, and I let me say this. Obviously, the hierarchy of priorities is our personal walk with Jesus and then our home and our family and then our local church. But I believe Christians are also to be citizens. And let me just say this. And I don't mean to get us off track, but just as Joshua, Caleb, Moses and the godly people were called to possess a land, we, the people of God, are called to possess this land. Um, we are called, like Habakkuk too, to work for, pray for, uh, invest for the knowledge of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. I think Christians need to run for office. I think we need to be salt and light in our communities. And sometimes it's, you know, starting programs that help people, but that becomes an avenue by which we can share about Jesus. And I'm just calling for Angie and me and for everybody listening. Yes, we are Christians, but we're citizens. And on this Memorial Day, as we think about those, they they gave their life for liberty. 
Um, and I've been in, like I said, a lot of vet, veteran cemeteries. And there's, yes, images of the flag, but all over the veteran cemeteries are images of the cross. Because our best and greatest throughout our history understood the connection between liberty and godliness, the connection between America and Christianity. And so, Bert, might this Memorial Day be a reminder to not only be good Christians, but highly invested citizens. I agree with you fully. You're talking about soldiers. Let's talk about one in America. His name is Alvin York. He's one of my heroes. World okay. War One, and uh, the greatest decorated World War One warrior that was there. And he, a godly, godly Christian, he got saved before uh, he was drafted and went into the army. And then he struggled whether he could shoot anyone or kill anyone because the Bible says thou shalt not kill. But when he came to understand, he did, still didn't want to kill, even in the midst of uh, of war. But uh, he he read the scriptures. If you ever see the movie, you ought to see the movie. It's a great movie, black and white. Uh, Gary Cooper, great actor. But it shows him leaving uh, the Army base, going back home, taking with him his Bible and a history book, The History of America. And it shows him reading that out on a mountaintop and looking at it. And he came back ready to fight because he was able to see that as a as a believer, you're a citizen of the country that God has given you. Now, there's always been conflict. There was conflicts in Germany in World War II. There were Christians, I hate who were drafted and put into the military. They were put in hard places fighting for the Nazi uh, regime. And, mm. and, man, they were reluctant to do it. Some of them would not do it. Some of them died not doing it, Alex. And so there's, there's, you've got to look at the cost. Is the a Christian country, a country that you're looking for and the cause that they're fighting for, is it worth giving that? And I think that's where the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, came into Alvin York and led him and showed him. And he saved hundreds of lives just himself. And uh, so we've we've got a great heritage as Christian uh, leaders in the military to demonstrate, I, I would say, that balance between truth and mercy. And, and God is able to do that today. And I think he did that with Joshua and Caleb. Uh, when we come to Joshua chapter 11, we find out that they have taken the land. We're not going to go over that. It's battle after battle. Uh, we we could spend time at Jericho and Ai. This is fun. I think I, I want to bring it up. Jericho was the one that was the most difficult to take, and they took it by marching around it uh, six one time uh, each day for six days. And on the seventh day, they marched around seven times, blew the trumpets and shouted. The walls came down, and they were able to take the city. The next place they went to is Ai. Ai was a less dominant city. It was less than Jericho. It was weaker than Jericho, but there they met their defeat. <laughs> you, I, I hate that I'm something? not laughing, but that's what we do. In Jericho, their dependence was upon God. At Ai, their dependence was on themselves. And mm. when we start depending upon ourselves in anything rather than God as followers of Christ, listen, we're going to meet our Waterloo. We're going to meet our Ai. And uh, so, Alex, the battle would take place, but Caleb and Joshua, guess what? They would stay true. They would stay faithful all the way to the end, brother. 
Amen. I want to read a scripture, and this is very appropriate for trusting in in the Lord, not ourselves. And uh, we can't just depend on anything human, but ultimately, even in times of great success, we need to trust the Lord. Bert, it might be harder to uh, manage success than than failure even, but Psalm 33, one of my favorites, and, and this is certainly my prayer for our country today. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do, no king is saved by the size of his army, no warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance despite its great strength. It cannot save. Now, Psalm 33, 18, listen to this. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope in, is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Now, Bert, that passage, Psalm 33, 12 through 22, that's my prayer for the United States of America on this day. Amen. And, and I want to tell you, God, being faithful as he is, rewards faithfulness. Now, the reason I wanted to get to this, it's in Joshua and uh, Caleb is still alive. All of his and Joshua's contemporaries have died. They stand alone as patriarchs. They stand alone as the elder rulers. And here's what happens. Caleb has been faithful. Uh, Joshua has been the leader. Caleb has played second fiddle uh, for 45 years. And it says that they came into the land. And listen to what Caleb says. This is chapter 14 of the book of Joshua. And the children of Judah came to Joshua to Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephmuel the Chazanite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me at Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. I brought back word of him as was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly or fully followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore to me, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you fully follow the Lord. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. God has given me these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet, I'm as strong this day as I was on that day that Moses sent me just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war both to go in and come out. Now, therefore, give me this mountain which the Lord thy God had promised me. Verse 31 says, Joshua blessed him and gave him Mount Hebron. Now, here's the title of a sermon, A Mountain Climber at 85. Mm, that would be a good title. It is. And listen, that's it. 
he followed the Lord wholly. And notice he gives God the glory. This is a testimony. He says, God has kept me alive. God is, he has seen all of his contemporaries die, Alex. They've gone their way. And trying to relate it to us, we, uh, if we live long enough, we're going to know more people that have gone on than those that are still alive that are close to where we are in our age. But guess what? We're to stay faithful. How long, Alex? To the end? As long as we live. And to that's, the very Caleb, end. that's Caleb's story. What a story, brother. Well, as you know, as I uh, uh, get older every year, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just flattering myself, but more and more I really try to take to heart that old saying that age ain't nothing but a number, you know? <laughs> um, uh, I, I've told this, forgive my repetition, but Mark Lowry, that uh, when Angie and I got married, we were at Liberty and Thomas Road, and of course, Mark Lowry and his dear mother, uh, Bev Lowry, she is in heaven, and his dad, Charles Lowry. But uh, Bev Lowry, Mark Lowry's mom, became a psychology professor at Liberty, but she never even went to school till she was well up into her 50s. And she had often shared the testimony how she always wanted to finish college and she would ultimately go on and get graduate degrees and become a faculty member like in her 60s. But she was saying to her husband one time, I'd always want to go to school. And he said, well, do it. And she goes, well, you know, do you know how old I'll be in four years? He said, well, how old will you be in four years if you don't do it? In other words, Time is going to keep on ticking, so we might as well do it. So don't um, live a fruitless life due to self-imposed limitations. And, and Bert, we often say, but what if I don't make it? Look, w- find out what God's call is for you. Find out what your spiritual gifts are. Uh, Bert, another, again, another subject for another day, but I think one of the most beneficial things that any believer can do is to know what their spiritual gifts are. Because those strengths, those abilities, and yes, even desires, the things you care about, the Lord's put those in you for you to bear fruit. And Joshua and Caleb, they bore their fruit. We need to know our gift and have the courage to start out, even if there's a a long journey ahead of us, because the days are going to tick away anyway. Um, Let's make use of those days and become who we're going to hope to be way down the road. Amen. So that when we stand before God, he can say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, all the way to the end, not until you got to be 60 and retired, not until you got to be 70 and quit. No, you were faithful to the end. What a statement. Now, uh, we've got to finish with Joshua. We, we're coming close to the time of ending this special Memorial Day program where we've looked at what it means to be that uh, person, to be a part of a country that we are today, looking at Caleb and Joshua and what it meant to be them a part of the, the nation of Israel and their warrior and their leadership. But listen to this. This is in Joshua chapter 24, and it says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you, serve the Lord. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served and were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But listen to this declarative statement. But it's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Alex? 
That is a declaration on this Memorial Day that I want to make as well. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. For God and country, we're going to do it. Well, folks, thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. May God bless you. May God bless America. Keep our nation in prayer. Tell someone about the American Family Radio Network. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus.